Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. All aboard! I'm not a field agent, I just read books. With 166,000 watts of effective radiated power. Longmire. Don't play games with me, Ty! Gustav. Monteblanc. I want the whole story from beginning to end. Gentlemen, it's time. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. Welcome to the third episode of Can You Hear Me? I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I'm Ty Webb. And I'm Heavy Longmire. So we're glad that you joined us, and uh, hopefully uh, we won't shit the bed. I was going to ask you guys about, uh, th- I was thinking about this today, and because uh, I had somebody come over and mow my yard. Mm-hmm. And it got to me thinking about like lazy ass. Exactly. It got me thinking about nine oh three guilt. Like <laughs> things that guys from the nine oh three would never admit right. that they're not doing themselves. Like I mean, I used to love to mow and edge and weed eat and all that stuff. And I still enjoy it some. It's just the I don't want to take the time to do it. And this dude is doing the whole thing for like 30 bucks, which is three times less than he should be charging. But, you know, I mean, hey, if he wants to do it for that, let's right. let him do it for that. But, and I started thinking about like what other things, like, because do you guys mow your own yard or do you have somebody mow it? I still mow my own yard. I mow mine. And if somebody else did it, would you feel like shit? Yes. You know, I travel for work. Melissa from Be- uh, Bivs thinks I'm a spy. So that's why I included well, the... Uh, she's pretty close. I work for the CIA thing for her. The Phoenix um, Foundation. So I do travel a lot. And so when I come home on the weekend, I have this fixed amount of time. And I've got... Th- all these kids have different things. And I'm trying to do this around the house. And trying to fix things and whatever. So it's a real-time thing. I'm not sure I'm, we did it once last year. Okay? Okay. I have a pretty big yard, front and back. Yeah. Live out. When you're kind of in the country. Yeah, too. I'm kind of in the country. But um, for the first time last year, I let my oldest mow the backyard, and it killed me. First off, it was kind of like watching an 11-year-old Gustav get on the riding lawnmower. Right. Which, yeah. You got having y'all known me then, that would be horrible. Yeah. And I remember my grandfather, who mowed all of our property because we all lived on the same place out in the country. He let me mow once or twice, and it just tore him up. Because obviously, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. But secondly, I didn't mow it in the exact pattern that he had. So somewhere in his mind or in the place, somewhere we never have found, there's a map that shows every turn you make and which direction you go around the propane tank. And And you're not doing it right. And I didn't do it right. And then years (laughs) later, when my brother got old enough to mow... He didn't do it right. So 
We didn't do it. Now, again, to your point, this is one of those things that a man does. He mows right. his own property. Right. So he did that till he could not physically do it anymore. And so when I let uh, young Gustav get out there and drive, it just about killed me. And today I noticed that I got to mow the backyard, and Mrs. Gustav was talking about it, and young Gustav said, I mowed it last year once. And I'm like, yeah, we'll not let you do it again, you know, because – you fucked it up. You know, I did, he didn't, because I'm in an exact, if you look out the back window of the kitchen, the lines go straight south, perfect, and it's lined up, you know, and that's how Mrs. Gustav likes to, she likes to look out there mm. and see those little lines going away, and he won't do it right. Well, you, you need to tell him, say, listen, son, I've got to have those lines going directly north and south. I'll get him Because your mama... She ain't going to be giving me no sweet pea if she can't look out <laughs> yeah, the window that's what you need to tell and see them lines running due north and south. Don't you see them lines? <laughs> I'm not a fan of morning sex. Mm. Seriously? Yeah. I say vote yes to morning sex. I'm grumpy when I wake it up. It doesn't happen. Well, that much. will that'll help though. I mean, I it's hard I to mean, be grumpy. I don't want to be fucked with when I first wake up in the morning. I'm just like, let me get some coffee in me. You don't want Nicotine the Brentwood. Hello, hello. I, well, you know, I I'm not going to say no to it. Well, hell, I'm not going to say no to it. But I don't think it happens very much since we've had kids. No. It was much more prevalent. Oh yeah, it's since we had yeah. I mean, you have to worry about the run in, <clears throat> and the you know, or the call out for you. Right. Or, yeah. Now there might be later in the morning loving. Yeah. Lava. Lava with goose grease, but not the first thing wake up. No. I no, want to eat smoked to salami and cheddar cheese with Genoa you. Genoa salami. But yeah. Let's have some Melba toast. But the thing to think about is, and we've talked about this between uh, Longmire and myself, if you think about right now, we are older than our parents were when we graduated high school. I know. I know. And it's crazy because it, like, I know y'all were talking about that the other day, and it made me think about, like, how much easier... It was to be as active and involved and have as much energy and all that stuff when you're, you know, I mean, it's very different when you got young kids and you're 25 right. than when you're 40 30. or 30 or 35 or whatever, yeah, 35 you know. Or 40. But yeah, and the fact that like you get your kids done and then you still got a whole life left right. to live. Like, you know, our kids get out of the house and we're going to be, you know, moving to Florida. Yeah, playing shuffleboard. And we have several people that we grew up with that are in that position where they had kids early, and those kids are in college now. Yeah. Most of them were sluts. Whoa, that's a hot sports opinion. But I mean, no, I mean, you know, I just... We're going to edit that part out. Okay, we'll leave that out. (laughs) We're actually going to leave it in, but... Right. I want to seem like the moral high ground. Yeah, (laughs) Gustav and I... I just want to say I protest that. <laughs> We're going to leave that Giorgio in. But on there. I, uh, I don't want to have any part of that. 
I mean, there's no doubt there were some people that may have had some unplanned pregnancies. Well, I, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> Good cover. Good cover. But yeah, I'm, I'm not the I'm one who's being defensive. You're the one who's being defensive. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's short. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think about that a lot because... See, my youngest one's seven. How old's your youngest one, Gustav? Almost seven, yeah. What about you? Four. Fucker's got oh. a four-year-old. Damn it. His yeah. old balls shot out a four-year-old. Exactly. Wow. Sorry about that. What was your thought at 37 when you found out there was another one on the way? Well, it was planned. Really? Yeah. See, my last one... It was not planned by me. There'd been an awful lot of prayer on Mrs. Gustav's plate for a daughter. Mm, yeah. And I like to think that the Lord put a cloud over my eyes and obscured from my vision that I was probably impregnating her based on the timeline. God put a cloud over my eyes. A cloud over that JJ. <sighs> it wasn't over the JJ, And then a few you weeks were the later, cloud. one of the kids... Walks up to me with a pregnancy kit stick. Look what I found in the bathroom. No, and she'd send him in there, and my first words were, I knocked you up. <laughs> Which I will a never, true romantic. never get to forget that. So, and I wouldn't trade my daughter at all for anything, but yeah. Maybe like a really solid stool. No. It's hard to beat a good solid stool. It is. My my daughter is pretty kick ass. I bet she is. She's she's witty. So let me tell I you. I haven't met your daughter. I don't think you've met her. No. I let need me t- to. Uh, I think I did tell you the story about the six year old's uh, understanding of homosexual marriage. No, I didn't tell you that. I so, need to hear about that. One day, I was having an argument with her about whether or not she needed to wear. Uh, some type of dress or leggings with the dress she had on. Gotcha. Because the dress was too short. She'd gotten a little bit taller and it was too short. And she said, you don't know anything about fashion. Boom. And I said, that's true. <laughs> but you have to trust me and we'll talk to your mom about this when we meet up with her in a minute. And But just go ahead and get the short on. You don't know anything about fashion, but mom knows everything about fashion because she's a girl. And I said, yes, that's true. That's why I married her. And without missing a beat, she said, if you'd married a guy, that'd make you gay. And I said, yes, that's true. And then out of nowhere, that means you'd have sex with him. <laughs> oh. And I was like, okay. Actually, right. no. Once you're married. Well, you know. <laughs> I do wonder, you know, there is that. Uh, stereotype that the sex goes down after marriage does is that going to happen to the gay community? The gay community now the dead bed dead bedroom syndrome is a real thing in the lesbian community according to the anecdotes that I get fed to me friend. from all of our lesbian friends I, that I know. I think it's much more of a gender thing though than a homosexual heterosexual thing. Probably that like the. Because if you look at the supposed rates of sexual activity for people, you know, it splits along age, of right. course, that it's higher the younger you are. 
but it also skews heavy towards males. Sure. So, you know, you're going to go from male male being the highest sexual frequency typically to male female because you still have a male in there. Right. Once you start removing males, you usually get lower and lower on. So I wouldn't think it would happen as prevalent for male male than it would male female in marriage. But I don't even know to, I mean, I guess over age, over age it does decrease. Probably. But I think that's, I mean, I don't know how much of that is anecdotal, too, as far as, like, how much the longer you're married, the less you have sex and that, that kind of thing. I mean, when I hear that from married couples, it usually has more to do with the status of their relationship rather than just how long they've been married. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, I and think how much were they having at the beginning, too? Right. Now, I do think that one thing may factor in with heterosexual couples, and this could obviously take place for homosexual couples, but once there are a child or more children, then your overall pool of resources that you have, your overall pattern of resources that you have to a lot to anything. Yeah, yeah. The children take up a piece of that. Right. So if you had X amount of time to have sex before children, and now you've got children and the fatigue of having children, well, then obviously something's got to give there. Right. So I do think that would have to factor into the equation. And just how much more do you, how much more energy do you have that you want to, you know, be more active when you're, you know, dead tired from doing kids stuff right. all day for you know either one of you too yeah it's i mean it depends on the kid's age i mean when the kids are young and they're requiring total attention all the time tons of energy you know mental fatigue and everything then yeah i mean i think that definitely plays a part the right. kids part is a whole separate variable so there's no black and white you well i mean i don't know why we got to make it a racist thing yeah wow y'all did that to me you I mean, sons of bitches. Evil high five. Wonder so, Twin boom. Powers unite on your wow. racist ass. Form of a racist bucket of water. I just changed <laughs> into the form of Al Sharpton. So how shitty were the Wonder Twins? So she could turn into any badass animal she wants. Yeah, and he's like a drinking fountain. He's always got to be some form of fucking water. Yeah. I, I never got that. That was the lamest. Yeah. Apache Chief was more badass. Ooh. Remember Apache Chief? I forgot about Apache big, Chief. Big Indian? Yeah. wonder what kind of tablet he wrote on. <laughs> Nobody gets that joke except us. <laughs> big I actually Chief. pulled that out the other day. I wonder day if at, he had a husky pencil. At, at open house, my daughter was showing me, you know, the tablet. That she uses in the classroom, her tablet. Right. That she uses in the classroom. I'm like, well, I used a tablet when I was in elementary school too. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah, it's a big chief tablet. And she, my wife rolled her eyes, and my daughter didn't get it. Do well, they even sell those anymore? I don't Could know. you even sell those anymore? I don't know, man. I mean, like, I mean, I haven't it seen was one of those. Shitty paper. It was the oh, worst. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. I've wiped my ass with toilet paper that was better. Yeah, and hold on. that husky pencil is like holding a fucking telephone pole. Now I'm no uh, occupational therapist, or maybe by I day. am. By day, but 
I never understood why giving the child that has a small hand yeah. and limited motor skills to begin with, giving them something bigger than one of their fingers to grasp. Because yeah, you're, you're going not teaching you proper form. Yeah, I just never understood really? that. And like two swipes with an eraser on that paper and you're done. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Piece of shit. I think it was all part of some kind of conspiracy to sell more tablets. By the Native Americans? By the uh, Russians. Soviets at that time. Mm. I lived under the fear of the Soviet Empire. Hell yeah. Yeah. I still don't trust them. Do our kid? Well, we know your <laughs> stand on that, so let's not go there. <laughs> iTunes and uh, Google Play will ban our podcast <laughs> if we go into your feelings about anything in that sector of the world. Um, we'll just call you pro-West. <laughs> <laughs> Jingoistic. I, maybe our kids live under the fear of terrorism. I don't know. But I, I totally lived under the fear of nuclear annihilation. Yeah. Now, part of that was fostered by... Matter of fact, Papa Gustav, because mm-hmm. he was in the National Guard, and he would bring home like all of the pamphlets and shit about all nuclear war. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he'd bring home his in a uh, fallout shelter binder, his nuclear biological chemical suit with the helmet, and the, yeah, it'd just be there, and he'd make offhand remarks as we're driving through Texas, saying. Oh, yeah, that's over there. That's the rally point in the case of a nuclear attack where our unit's supposed to meet. Like, thanks, Dad. Yeah. I'm already worried about us. I watched the day after from the top of the stairs and watched Kansas City get nuked. And Jason Robards <laughs> die of radiation poisoning, and now you're laying that shit on me. Jason Robards is so greatness. i tell you what scared the snot out of me is, do y'all remember, and I think I was middle schoolish. Uh, do y'all remember that Orson Welles movie, The Man Who Saw Tomorrow? No. That sounds very familiar. I think it was about Nostradamus. Yes. But, yeah. Yes. And it, but it was about, you know, these future predictions and that kind of thing. And one of the predictions in there for like the end of the world was that there was going to be this leader in like the Middle East that was going to rise up and it was going to create this third world war. And then there was going to be like this battle. Uh, I hope nobody fact checks me on this because I don't know to what extent it's exactly on. But you, you'll get the gist. And uh, there was going to be some kind of battle. And they, they were going to think that it was all done and that the Third World War was over and that it was all you know finished. But then another leader from the Middle East was going to rise up, and then that was going to lead to the end of the world. Pocket and, sand. And this – exactly. Exactly. Uh, Captain Pocket Sand was going to lead the Sand Army against Heavy and the rest of the West. Right. But the the dates that they were giving for it on the movie, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember it was like, it was a time where I know I would still be alive. Like right. they were saying, you know, like, I don't remember. I think it was sometime in the like 2000s, like 2001 or something like that. And I just remember, I mean, for a long time, I just kept thinking, we only have this much longer left. And I mean, even up to the point years. where we were in high school and the Persian Gulf War starts up and everything, I was thinking, holy shit, you know, like Orson Welles is fucking right. We're all going <laughs> to die in about 10 years. 
So, because of that threat of nuclear annihilation... And then we had Red Dawn. Right. Yeah. Which... That fueled it. That totally... I remember talking to some girl on the phone that I got the nerve to call like in 6th or 7th grade. And I ended up talking about Red Dawn because I think that was on TV at the time. And let me tell you what, if you thought um, the Poison Ivy thing was a deal killer, talking to some <laughs> girl that probably didn't want to talk to me to begin with. This was not Leah Thompson. This was laying Red Dawn <laughs> yeah, on her. So, uh, do you think that... Uh, think we'd survive if Red Dawn really happened? What do you think about that part when Powers Booth's talking about the Texans living off rights? Gosh, hey, we need to do a whole podcast on Powers Booth. I watched I, I watched a shitload of Powers Booth YouTube videos today. Really? He is so good. But how many times did you sit in class and look out the window and expect to see that scene in that movie oh, where the choppers are coming yeah, out waiting the for parachute? the waiting for the paratroopers to fall out there out by the uh, by the football field. Yeah. So, yeah, Powers Booth is greatness. I was watching some Jonestown tragedy. He's so good in Frailty. He's so good in Deadwood. Frailty. What was Frailty? In Deadwood, yeah. Frailty's that one with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, where, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's really yes. good. Uh, I watched a little bit of Southern Comfort. All That's right, where the all right. swamp. Seen that. National Guard in the Swamp. Never seen that. Missing out. I haven't seen that either. I rewatched all of Deadwood last Oh, night. it's, it's good so stuff. good. Yeah, swear engine, solid man. That dialogue, God Almighty! I know it's fantastic. That writer, I don't know who the writer was. I can't remember. I don't know. Look, I remember YouTubing him or googling him after the fact. So I was like, what else has he done? Because that dialogue is awesome, and I nothing. Well, didn't didn't one of the guys that was a creator or whatever that the one of the guys from Hill Street Blues that created that too? I don't know about that. I can't remember his name, but. I don't know, I think it was like Shorty Longfellow. <laughs> this is really just going into the shitter of uninteresting facts. Yeah, I was the, waiting for one I, of you to start singing the Hill Street Blues theme song. I was, I, I was trying to think of a roll call joke to make, and I couldn't do it. Yeah, but the, the Soviet scare was a real thing during the Cold War. It was just, all, I think I asked you all this early in the That week. reminds me of a Hill Street Blues episode. <laughs> Hey, let's be careful. Y'all watch there. the Americans. I have. No, I don't have time. I'm too I busy. I want to. I oh, want man. to. It looks really good. I, I, let me see. Season three just came up on Amazon Prime. I and Felicity powered, is hot as shit. Yes, she is. I powered through. Hotter uh, than when she cut off her hair. Mm. She's hot in this. Don't get me a her ass scenes. Really? Yeah. Yep. She does. Has no boobs. Or she has no ass. She's, she's very too skinny. skinny. I see. Yeah, you know, I'm I like the curvy girl. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I mean, she's gorgeous, though. I'm more of a leg man than a boob man, anyway. I'm an ass man. I like thick thighs. Thighs are good. Yeah. Thighs are really good, especially when they're from, like, Kim's Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Uh, Kim's Chicken. Yep, that was, that was good stuff. Boy, nobody's going to be able to figure out where the hell we're from. <laughs> oh, yes, they will. So you were saying Hill Street Blues and the Soviets? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, no, I think the kids today, I think terrorism is their Soviet scare. Right. But, and not to belittle it, so. Now, are you talking like, are you talking foreign terrorism? Or are you talking about like domestic, somebody coming and shoot at the school terrorism? My daughter, my oldest daughter, who's 11, 
she worries more about domestic terrorism, yeah, like school violence, than you know some Middle Eastern terrorist group, some clock boy, yeah. And uh, does she have pocket sand? Because that's real to her. Yeah, I made her a special. Uh, it's a silk pouch, finest grade, full of uh, Corinthian leather. It's a uh, I I found I dug a secret mine in a Red River sandbar mm. and uh, to mine pocket sand. And uh, y'all, it's, y'all want it on the ground floor? You're welcome. Well, uh, Did I tell you how miserable my brother and my trip by kayak down the Red River was? Oh my gosh, this story is yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. You told me it was rough. It was rough. It and was way was, too low. He, didn't y'all get incredibly sunburned too? Uh he did. Okay. I, I wore he, he he is not nearly as prepared as what he likes to think. <laughs> he he's much more uh gung ho. Gung ho is the word. Yes. And doesn't always follow Full through. Full of bigger. Always follow through on because whereas I'm over prepared, right? We've always we've always established yep. this that yep. I've got way too much preparedness in my blood, which yep. I have no problem with. <laughs> so I'm in a like Nomex flight suit. So the only skin on me exposed are my I had gloves. What on. time of year was this? It was still this cold, was, wasn't it? No, it was uh, fall. So it wasn't cold, but it wasn't hot. Okay, I think it was fall. Anyway, I think you're right. And so the only exposed skin on me was my neck and my ears. And I'd put some sunscreen on. He had on a red T-shirt that he turned as red, (laughs) you know. And it took way longer because it was much lower than what we thought. He had drank all of his bourbon within a mile. (laughs) (laughs) Paced himself well. Oh, it was miserable. How many miles did you anticipate the trip to be? Uh, I figured it was going to be about 20 miles. What do you think Did y'all put was? in like around Bells or we something? We put in at Carpenter's Bluff. And uh, I want to say it's probably Did you grab a Barber's Burger? Five miles probably. About how far? 35 maybe. Okay. I don't know. It's hard. It, it depends on what side of the river you're on too. Yeah, and how, you I know, mean, the river does some the, weird stuff. And, and, yeah. Anyway, it took a long time. I think it took about eight hours. And I was expecting it to take about five. Uh. Mm. Was there any current? Very little. Was there any flotsam? There was lots of flotsam, some jetsam. Mm. We found multiple sunken boats. That I remember you showing me pictures of that. that was really I think cool we found looking. like three sunken boats. Did you see any pirates? I tried. Find any treasure? Uh, just the sunken boats. See yeah. any gar? We, no, we didn't see any gar. We saw the biggest water moccasin I've ever seen. Really? How big uh, round was it? It was. Did you have like a lonesome arm. dove flashback? As thick as your arm. As my wow. Arm. Dang. Out. The head on it was like my fist. Wow. And we saw an eagle or two, or one eagle. Yeah. And uh, it's the only place I've ever seen a bald eagle down there on the river. The eagles I've always seen on the river or at the lake. Yeah, they're freaking huge, man. Oh yeah. That had it landed? It had landed. It actually went over us at one of our lowest points of morale and actually did buoy our spirits. Boy, is that American or what? <laughs> oh my God. Jesus Christ. You're just playing the Longmire's pro-West sentiment right now. <laughs> and I'm proud to be an American. Did it have the face of Larry Greenwood? Shoot out. 
Lee Greenwood walks out from behind a tree. Oh, we didn't see anybody <laughs> for the rest of the time. He has a microphone <laughs> yeah, and just a cord that just goes like in the weeds somewhere. He's got like a little tiny ass amp he's holding. <laughs> <laughs> he goes by on a on a fan boat. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I said we didn't see anybody. We did see some guys on uh, hovercraft of all things. Oh I'm really about that. Yeah, like a GI Joe hovercraft. <laughs> yeah, like shipwreck and roadblock. Wow. <laughs> It's a bunch of like sixty-year-old dudes and way too expensive hovercrafts going Man. along. And then have we you got been on one of those big airboats. No, I never have. I hadn't either. No. It seems like something I would die on. You know? Yeah. Like what happened? What happened to Gustav? Eh, he got chopped up by a fan blade <laughs> on a <laughs> riverboat. Fell into a. Fan he went airboating with Lee Greenwood and never came back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was miserable. But back to our. School terrorism thing I think I could certainly see myself if I was a kid being scared of somebody coming shooting up mm-hmm. but that's so different than the idea of the entire world getting blown up yeah that's yeah. yeah and I don't think they have that they're not equivalent because they've never known that, that you know what taught me more than anything not to be scared of that was uh Tom Petty you know he let me know that I I don't have to live like a refugee. God, I wondered where the hell that was, I was going. I was waiting for that there to be some kind of back down reference. Yeah, I was, was thinking it was going to be off a of full moon fever. So I'm trying to go through yeah, the songs in my know, head. Uh, don't have to live like a refugee. I didn't think but, it was going to go all the way back to Dan the torpedoes. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like even especially this far post 9/11, it's not. And even then, I think. It's not the same level of like existential fear that we had right. of like the whole thing could be over. Yeah. Like not just like our school could get shot up or a city could get blown up, but like the it could just be done. done. Right. Yeah. yeah. And our parents grew up in the duck and cover era. Yeah. So right. they had the same. Which that makes no fucking sense. I, you know, I guess it's just like, well, fuck, we tried. Yeah, you know? we, we told you to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they it's under a, the desk. It's a school, so you have to have a protocol. Right, got to be a protocol. Now, I had to duck and cover during a tornado in second grade, the one that hit hit out north of town. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because uh, the school had let out, but we were waiting for the buses to come uh-huh. pick us up. Because I rode the bus out to the country. And we had to duck and cover so in the country. hallway. You're so country. So country. Yeah. I'm bro country. <laughs> oh, shit. You're real country. Pure country. Pure country. Even <laughs> though you don't like George Strait, which is really problematic. I don't dislike him. He just, he's new. I'm neutral. See, and this that blows my mind because for years I've but said. But you love Macklemore. So I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I do like this For years song I've downtown. said if you're from Texas and you're a music fan. Doesn't matter what kind of music, but you're going to like George Strait, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Willie Nelson, and Willie Nelson. Yeah. That's your quintessential Texas music. And Gustav blows my theory out of the water. I don't dislike him. I just, it doesn't do anything for me. I've never been a country. You like the old, like a lot. You like Waylon and Willie. On my current assignment, way up there in Yankee Land, they give me a lot of grief about if it doesn't have a washboard in it, I don't like it. 
even though I constantly <laughs> lectured them about all this music and stuff. So one day I took the whiteboard and I drew a graph of country music for them, of where the high points are. I where I thought I was a music snob, man. That's snobbery at its So high, hold on, let's get words. The high points were He's where doing I found the apexes were that of what I liked in country music, mm-hmm. and then the low points would be the shit I didn't like. So I start off. Where'd you write Eddie Rabbit? I'm getting there. <laughs> Don't undersell Eddie. So that hair was fantastic. I start off with Chest really hair. old country. Okay. I'm about midway. Like Hank Williams. Are you calling that really old country? That's really old country. Okay. Original Hank Williams. Right. Leuven Brothers. Lefty Frizzell. Right. That, that okay. generation. I'm about midway. Okay. It's okay, but I'm not like crazy about it. Yeah. I drop precipitously as we hit your Ray Prices. Mm. And your Nashville Cosmopolitan type mm-hmm. stuff and your Eddie Arnold's and that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I don't like that. No, I don't either. Now there's Johnny Cash is in there in that time range. He's not that style though. He's I bet. not that style, but he's that he's in that range. He's but the, he peaks yep. with the outlaw movement coming. Yep. And we get Willie and Waylon and the boys. So I added it before I could. Gosh. So that's a high point right there. Tom T. Hall. Tom T. Stuff. Hall. All you know, lots of good stuff that we all grew up loving. Right. But what like didn't you like that pre like a little bit before that? Didn't you like like that Buck Owens, oh, Bakersfield yeah, sound? I consider, that I consider Merle Haggard and Buck Owens definitely right on that upswing. On that upswing. Okay. And okay. I love Buck Owens yeah. and I love Merle Haggard and early Waylon and stuff like that. And early Willie before you know before he grows his hair out and stuff. Right. That's all mm-hmm. good, but you know you kind of hit that high point. Yeah, the high point to me of that era is hee haw. Yeah, I love. What year are you calling that? I'm calling between like sixty six and about seventy four. The high point. The high Man, point. Okay. I watch so hum, so much hee haw every Saturday. How long night. was that show on? A long time. It felt like, long it, like time. yeah, I mean, thirty years, I think, or twenty something years. I was thinking twenty, what, like ninety three. It was shit? late. It was late. Now, I don't it was like, a shell of its former self. I don't yeah. like Conway Twitty if he's singing sex songs. Golly, can you, man? Conway Twitty's hair in the sixties, though. Oh, it was top. Oh my gosh! You know, as a kid, hearing those Conway Twitty songs, and it, you just thought he was talking about catching a fucking tiger, right? <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> No, I could tell. I can tell you've never been this far before. Yeah. yeah. And, Whoops. And pipes down, about the Conway. Other day when some, I can't remember what song it was. I had on my jukebox that came on, and it embarrassed me for my eleven-year-old. And I turned it down. And I'm thinking in my head, that's not near as bad as what Conway Twitty was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there were lots of those songs. Yeah. Charlie Rich had songs like that, and you know, yeah. so. Charlie Rich burning John Denver's Country Music Artist of the Year Award. So, That's probably the, mm. as we're heading down. Now, Eddie Rabbit's in there, and I love me some Eddie Rabbit, but I don't want to listen to Ronnie Millsap, okay? Oh, careful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on record. Careful. I don't care how many damn... So, pla- you hate blind people. Yes, I've said it. Not, non-24 people can bite my ass. Man, I will wear Ronnie Millsap's records out yeah i want to see that happen man i love me some ronnie so 80s 
There's this one terrific album where he's wearing like this maroon velour jacket. And he couldn't the, see. Of course he is. That's a pretty good point. <laughs> so late seventies country. It's like is an eighty eight Oldsmobile on his late seventies. You're calling late seventy. Now I want you to take a step back. And I'm not talking about our Waylon and our Willie, okay? Statler Brothers, Statler Brothers. Uh, now I'm talking about the Statler Brothers, and I'm not even talking about the Oak Ridge Boys. Oak Ridge Boys. Okay? Wow. My mama was Oak Ridge Boys, Kenny oh. Rogers. And yeah, my mom. Kenny. I, what's your view on Kenny? Okay. My mom and dad went and saw Kenny Rogers so many damn times. All right? <laughs> My mom loved Kenny Rogers. Every female loved Kenny Rogers. And Barry Manilow. Okay? Yeah. And I listened to a lot of Kenny Rogers and Barry Manilow. We had no Barry Manilow in my house. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong, with, there's nothing no, wrong at all with Kenny Rogers. And Copacabana is still one of my favorite songs to this day. It's no. not bad. No. But the 80s, I'm not an Alabama fan. I'm not either. I'm not either. But and I, even though they won every while, fucking award, I never liked Every once in a while, here in the last couple of years, I've pulled some Alabama up on YouTube. I'm like, and it's I know it's nostalgia. Right. Because it's not that good, probably. But I'm like, damn, I like that song. But it's, and it just reminds me of my childhood yeah, is what it is. They're not that bad. Yeah. Okay? But the 80s... The early 80s is kind of a dead zone for me of country music. I don't want to listen to Barbara Mandrell. No. I don't want to listen to Crystal Gale. No. Or Sylvia. I met Sylvia at the rodeo. What was that song she sang? Something about Blue Eyes. Sylvia? Remember Sylvia? Yeah, but I don't... She was gorgeous. She was. was a big song. I forgot she came to the rodeo. She came to the rodeo and signed a... Eight yeah. by ten, and said something about my brown eyes or something. I don't know. Gonna turn my your, your brown, brown eyes, eyes blue. blue. Was that yeah. Sylvia or was that a Mandrell? I don't know. But anyway, don't you turn my brown eyes blue? I don't think that was. She Sylvia. was at the rodeo and she said something nice to me, and I was six or something, and I was in love with her for a, her? a week. You know, Did you fuck her. I fingered her. <laughs> But did you watch the Mandrell Sisters show? Yeah, I watched it because we only had three channels That's with right. this thing on. You had to get up to turn it. Click, click, click. Spin the little wheel okay, around the clicker. It's interesting you're talking about the low point of country music there in the early 80s with those folks. But that, of course, is when George Strait's coming up. That's right. right. Randy Travis. Randy Travis. Marty Stewart. Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. There were a lot of people on the ascendancy there. Yeah. But th- they weren't the top names at right, the time. Right, right. But they started to come up. I so, would agree that early early 80s, people at their peak at the early 80s was pretty weak. Yeah. I mean, George and Randy and those guys were getting going, but it wasn't peak. They weren't the headlines. And they were the ones that were changing country. Right, it right. Was, the style was Kinda changing. Kind of going back to yeah. uh, an older style. Because, you know, obviously... Dwight Yoakam was the reincarnation of Buck Owens at right. the time, even though he's still alive. And Marty what was when Dwight's guitars and Cadillacs? I think was his first. Was that mid eighties? As mid eighties, like eighty six okay. or so. Okay. And Radney Crowell. Yeah, I like Radney Crowell. You know, so there were a lot of people like that, and then it was ramping up. Like you could go over to the mall and find a million Chris Ledoux albums that you'd never heard any song off of. This is yeah. before. Cowboy's hat and all that stuff. I right. mean, it was just uh, nothing yeah. rodeo song. Yeah. You 
and then Garth comes along. Well, then you've got Clint Black. Clint Black. And, yeah. You know. And you got a lot more. Doug Stone. Doug Stone. Uh, Restless Heart. Mark Chestnut. Mark, Mark Chestnut, Chestnut was, was not, a force. Yeah. yeah. And is he the one from Beaumont? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's Black's the one down that, there too. He's he? the one that somebody that we went to high school with woke up to next to the next morning after one of his shows. What? I'm going to have to hear this story off the we, air. We, Longmire and I are bug-eyed with, why haven't, Why don't we know about this story? And that somebody was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will tell you guys that story off the air, and I think you'll be amused and amazed. So, I just want to put a footnote in here that I'm glad you're going to tell us off the air because so far tonight, your code names have been utter shit. <laughs> you didn't like Coach Mailer. <laughs> I'm going to have to go through and edit two hours worth of podcast. Maybe we'll get ten good minutes. <laughs> there we go. No, I'm just going to have to do name substitutions. Mm. I'll I'll work on the codes. Sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's it's made us laugh. But I think Mailer is good. <laughs> I have a feeling that the uh, the pizza magnet with <laughs> is not going to make it in. No. That's <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to cut that out. Damn. Yeah, but that I would call that that late '80s, early, early '90s. 90s. That's where country's next. Yes. After the Outlaws. Yeah. That was their that was the country's next golden yes, period. Yes, and that's I would agree 100%. And it peaks there around 92 or 93. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't last real long. Very short. No. And even like Shania Twain. Cuz I'll tell you somebody I was out on, boom, never liked them. Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, I never cared oh, yeah. for them. No. no. They yeah, were the it was too showy. They were the Florida Georgia line of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. But even like Shania Twain's first album. Nah. It was good. The first album was mm-hmm. okay. Was it? I don't yeah. Just like I was in on Garth for the first two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Garth was damn good. Man. Yeah. The first two Early albums Garth was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But it was very short, and Billy Ray Cyrus. Fuck no. And some stuff like that. Now, all through that. I did used to line dance to Achy Break Your Heart. Mm. I'm just shitting you. This no, is where, this is where you hit never the outro. Did that. You were watching the white. Horse saloon line dancing on CMT every Oh, afternoon. yes, I remember that. <laughs> I don't recall that. Oh, show. yeah, where they had oh, the, yeah. the horse spotlight show down on the dance floor. No. Oh, it was like two hours a day on Man, CMT. I jerked it to that. <laughs> How Good bad? Lord, line dancing. So, back in those days, and we were talking about Outlaws Saloon mm-hmm. and Calhoun's. Um, the girls were wearing the Rockies back then. Mm. I wonder if we saw those now, if we would think they looked as we good. We would as... think they look absolutely ridiculous and yeah. awful. Yeah, but they had no pockets. They had no pockets, so it was all... If you had an ass, like a barrel racer that we knew... Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Great. If you don't have an ass, or if you have an awful lot of front... Mm. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Now... Outside of our world and maybe our generation, people don't know about Rockies. 
I've brought That's Rockies a shame. up to people in California or they didn't have Rockies. the East Coast. They didn't have Rockies. People weren't wearing Rockies. They were, were they wearing Cavaricis to the bar? Huh. Let me tell you, this was my first eye-opening experience that where I grew up was different. One of my older cousins on the married Longmire one of your side, other cousins. No, on the on the uh, Longmire side of the family, she's two grades ahead of me. Grew up in Houston. When she graduated high school, so that would have made me a sophomore, me and one of my aunts flew down to Houston to go to her graduation. Well, when we, I was wearing... Overalls? No, I was wearing... <laughs> you uh, got him out to be like little Abner getting off the plane. Just one... one uh, Jeez! One shoulder. Look at this big town. <laughs> Golly! We gonna need shoes at this party? I'm wearing... Cowboy boots, Camo. My, my typical my typical garb. Cowboy boots, Wranglers, and snuff can line in the back pocket. So his cowboy Front boots pocket. back then were always black with red stitching. Yep. Yeah, that was the Tony Llamas, baby. Yep. That was the Longmire way. <laughs> yep. I still wear Tony Llamas. The uh, and I was wearing a t-shirt I wear a Tony Larusas. <laughs> I was wearing a t-shirt of some some sort. Well, we go in. We fly down like on a Friday. We go into the place where my cousin's working, and, you know, I, I was built pretty good back then. Did she fall off the pole? No, shit. <laughs> I was built pretty good back then. It was, you know, You're still built was, good. You had the broad, active, wide shoulders. Back when I was, mm. you know, in shape and all that stuff. You have that well, chestnut while we're, wait, while we're at my cousin's work and waiting for her... To, to get uh, off the stage. Back from around the counter. <laughs> back from around the I hear she's one of her. A, she's lined up at an. I hear one of her coworkers go to her and say, "Your aunt and some guy wearing funny clothes is out here to see you." <laughs> and I remember thinking, "What the fuck? This is regular clothes. This is what everybody at my Bitch. school is wearing right now." Maybe it was your mullet. The mullet might have. Yeah. Now we didn't know we had mullets. We just had haircuts. We just had haircuts. Yeah. Nobody said, hey, I cut my hair like a mullet. No. And it stood out if you didn't have something similar to that. Yeah. 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 Now, the kickers had the perm. The perm yeah. mullet. That's a full-on party. That was a full-on. Because yeah. your, your thugs had just the straight mullet. Yeah. Kickers had the perm mullet. And everybody else just had some shaggy kind of thing Four with longer in the back. Yeah. But nobody said shave it off the sides and Right. I, that's not how I got a haircut, but it certainly was longer in the back. Well, it was one of those I remember you'd go in for a haircut. How you want it cut? Want to cut short on the sides, a little bit on top. Just leave the back. Yeah, leave the back. Just leave it. Yeah. Now, let it ride. Some folks, well, honey, we need to trim these dead ends so it'll grow more. I'm going to trim it just a little bit. Now, you had the curls. I had sexy curls. You were Man. a sexy, curly thing. I remember running my fingers through those so many times. <laughs> sexy curls. Broad shoulders, sexy curls. You know the secret to that luscious hair back then? What? Activator. Finesse, shampoo, mm. and conditioner. It was even better than the Alberta V05. I know what you were doing that conditioner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? 
putting a little varnish on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Varnishing up the old rooster. Yeah, that was... Uh, well, I'm sorry that you got traumatized by Houston scum. Yeah. Houston sucks. I, I went to Houston for the first... Well, I went there when I was real little, but I went with my grandparents. My grandmother talked... Uh, grandfather Gustav into taking us on a business trip. Business trip? Yeah, he had a he was a salesman. Right. And he had some conference to go to and she's like, Take us with you. And so Was he wearing the white button down short sleeve shirt? He was a fan of the white short sleeve shirt with a tie. Yeah. Very and, IBM looking. Yes. And the black glasses the, uh, and What's the mo- this is that memory thing we were talking about a while ago. Uh, Barry, uh, our former supervisor for the independent school district. Yeah, well, that would he, they were best falling friends. Falling down. That's the image. Of, that, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, they were Keeping it high and tight on the top. Our supervisor and my grandfather were best friends. That, okay, that makes sense. And that was something that I was, that and I loved him. He was a factor in my life for start to finish. Cussing well, at me. We'll call him Mr. Wilson. Gotcha. <coughs> oh, no, I'm talking about yeah. Mr. Uh, Aristophanes. Oh, 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 okay. I was talking about... You're talking about... I was talking about high and tight, with the yes, tie. Yeah. That's the falling down. Right, right. Yes. Okay, now I got you. You're talking uh, left turn signal. Yes, left turn signal. Can't see out of that eye. We went to Houston. I think somebody got shot in the parking lot. Out of the out of the hotel or motel or yeah. whatever, and my grand my grandmother was paranoid to begin with, so I think we spent the rest of the day while my grandfather was at this convention, I think like low crawling in the hotel room so we wouldn't get caught by a stray bullet. <laughs> Stay below the air conditioner. Belly crawling up yeah. to a duck pond. She was so paranoid. So we lived out in the country. If we were driving from town back home. And she saw somebody walking down the side of the road, which was not uncommon in 1978. Right. We would have to go to the house, get in, close all the doors, lock them, close all the blinds, and not have the TV on. Like this drifter was going to come through, and, Uh, oh, I saw that car drive down the road a little while ago. I'm going to go kill these people. Doesn't that seem like that word alone takes me back? Like the word drifter is just such a thing of the past. I mean, have you heard that word used in the last 20 years? No, no. But when we were a kid, that's what you – you you kept an eye out for the drifter because they were up to no good. (laughs) Well, you have – because those people, our grandparents' generation – they came from a world of hobos. That's right. And drifters and tramps. Yeah. Well, and especially like our, you know, our family that worked on the railroad oh, for yeah. so long. My I mean, can tell some hobo stories. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. for sure would, you know, prairie dog up any time there was a possible hobo or drifter in the area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't think. Now we just worry about everybody doing something. Right. But back then, it was those damn drifters. Yeah. I remember asking Dad one time. If uh, Union Pacific, like in the early 90s, mid-90s, something like this, made this rule where the employees, the conductors, were uh, supposed to, they've always been supposed to check the boxcars, not allow right. hobos. and uh, But then they really started cracking down on it for liability purpose. Evidently got 
fucking sued up in Nebraska. Some hobo fell off a boxcar and sued Union Pacific. That, those hobo class actions are a bitch. Didn't uh, yeah. you? Weren't you born with two hobos? Uh, that was my sister. <laughs> that was my sister. This is what me and my brother have always told her. Because there's not as many baby pictures as her, so we we told her that dad just brought her home from the rail yard in Fort Worth. Two boxcars bounced together, and she popped out of a hobo's ass. And, uh, <laughs> An homage to the orphanage. Yes. Yeah. That was rant days. That was uh, Robbie Knievel on the rant. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, dad said that they you know, were supposed to check the boxcars for hobos. It's like, will you do it? It's like, fuck no, I don't do it. So if somebody's desperate enough to ride in a boxcar across the country, hell, I ain't going to stop them. And I'm not going to go back there and get beat with a damn piper inch trying to kick one off i'm they'll let them ride so i i don't know if y'all read any kerouac but yeah not in a long time right. I've, one. Been, I've been reading a little bit but not much here lately uh, some big sir not hobo stuff but anyway that's one of those things i kind of wish we'd done yeah there's a documentary about that on netflix have you ever seen that this dude from california and it's a thing where these Young kids, they just hop trains in Los Angeles and just freaking take them. Right. See where it goes. Yeah. And, uh, that like, would have been cool. They'll get to like Los Angeles, or uh, from L.A. to Vegas, L.A. to Phoenix, and then they hop one back, you know. And there was a kid or a dude, was that maybe ten years ago, six, seven years ago, did a documentary about it. And it's this whole culture. Culture. Huh. It's like the people... It's the tagger, yeah. People and uh, whole little soul culture that does that. We're too old for that now. I'm not yeah, doing that. I got too you much to do when you're young. Jumping on a fucking train. Fuck that. I have been thinking maybe we need to take a Greyhound bus trip. Whoa, that'd be interesting. Although it'd be much more fun back in dad, the day when you could smoke on it. Your mom and dad are a fan of the train. Yes, my the dad especially. Train. Yeah, um, mom kind of goes along for the ride. But yeah. dad is. He'll go over Gainesville and catch it down to San Antonio. Yeah, they'll they've taken it uh, Austin way several yeah. times. Yeah, See, I'd like they to... took it to uh, Seattle. Wow, that'd be pretty. That'd that be cool. was a long ride. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to take that Trans uh, Canadian. Yeah, that'd be cool. But I got to be old and have enough money to do that. Yeah, so it's not happening anytime soon. I want to take that one to the Trans-Siberian Railroad. (laughs) Seven. (laughs) Don't bring in the damn Russians. He's going to get him all riled up. Sorry, I saw him go for his fixed blade. Next thing you know, we're banned by iTunes again. Now, I've heard my dad say this phrase about a thousand times, which our dads are at that age to where they repeat the same stories, the same phrases over and over. But this one I'll give him credit for. It is true. Because every time he talks about taking the train, and I've taken the train. I've taken a trip to Austin by train. Have you? Yeah. And uh, and it was fun. I mean, it, you know, and it is, as my dad will say, it's the best way to see the country, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you mosey your way on down there to the, uh, uh, what do they call it, the observation car. Oh, yeah. Sit there, you know, with just a big window in front of you and just take in the sights. So let me ask you a question. Take in Central Texas. Yeah, that's right. 
So when you get to Austin on the train, are you taking a cab or, I guess, Uber now? Well, this was when one of my brothers lived there, and he came and picked me up. Because that's always... Where'd you get on the train? I got on... Well, this is the only thing that sucked about it, is that I got on at Fort Worth, so it was a straight shot mm-hmm. to Austin, and it was... The ride itself was fantastic. It was shorter than the drive would have been because it was traffic time and, you know, and plus you just don't have that beating of driving. Right, you can relax. Yeah, you're just chilling. Does the train bounce you around? Yeah. No, it was smooth. It was okay. smooth. Um, so I mean, it, it was it's not, not like It's not 1938. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we didn't get robbed either. Nobody uh, so, stopped the train. So with it's a not log just church pews nailed inside a boxcar? <laughs> no. No. I didn't see people carrying, you know, like a stick with a checkerboard knapsack or <laughs> a bindle uh but what sucked about it and this is the only thing about train travel that is the worst thing about it is that you can't count on them to run on time mm. and luckily it was somewhere like fort worth and i had my truck so i could go drive around or whatever but my train was four and a half hours late oh what the fuck happened? Well, there was some because they have to yield to yeah. There was some issue to, uh, way down the line yeah. that got them behind, and then they you know they're just playing catch up at that point. Yeah. And yeah, it was one you know it was supposed to leave at noon, and we got out of there at four thirty. Um, yeah. But the I mean the trip itself was plenty fast, but waiting around for it you know from just, Fort Worth to Austin, I don't guess it stops, does it? Yeah, we made a couple stops like. Smoke breaks and that kind of thing. Taylor, Texas. Oh, yeah? Taylor's nice this time of Hell, year. Taylor's on the east side of 75, isn't it? No. I mean, 35. Yeah. Uh, Good Lord, this is what we always devolve into. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're going to have some of those direction drops pretty soon. Right. I don't remember, but I know that we stopped in Taylor. Okay. I think once we start talking about Taylor, it's time to go. They're the drifters. George Strait, Leslie Ann Warren, Isabel Glasser. Pure Country. Want a man with the soul. Now, all your favorites are in one special Conway collection. A cowboy once had a millionaire's dream. Lord, I love that lady wearing tight Two great albums. And as I taste your tender kisses, I can tell you've never been this far before. From Conway's classics to his latest hits. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas.